0: I'm Janine. This is KUCI eighty-eight point nine FM in Irvine, and on today's show, I'm going to be talking with Annie Daly, and she's going to talk about her new book, Destination Wellness: Global Secrets for Better Living Wherever You Are. And gosh, do you have any need for assistance on these travel journeys you're going on?
1: I know. I'm so lucky. Ugh, dream say. job.
0: Travel know. journalist. Oh,
1: I know. I'm about to get back on the road pretty soon actually after a year of
0: staying home. Yeah, that must've been incredibly hard. Yeah, well, it wasn't, it wasn't. So basically
1: the the book, Destination Wellness is Mm -hmm. about my trip around the world before the pandemic. And I visited six places to interview people about the wellbeing philosophies that define their lives. And the interesting part is that I finished up the research for the book about literally like weeks before the pandemic began. And so then I had all of this time when we were at home to sort of practice what I was preaching and to put the lessons that I learned to good use. Perfect. And it's, yeah, it was cool because ordinarily, I probably wouldn't have had that time. So it was a weird silver lining. And, you know, maybe like the one blessing of this whole thing is that I had the time to, to practice these lessons. And I learned that they, they really do help you quote, travel from
0: home. It's like you really tapped into, to, um, content that was there to help you all along that you wouldn't have gotten into that deep of a level. Exactly.
1: That's totally,
0: you know? Um, so when did this first start to be an interest for you professionally?
1: So I think it boils down to my job. I was a an editor at a big wellness magazine. Mm-hmm. And as part of that job, I was just getting sent all of these products, these wellness products and lotions and potions. And my desk was just like a mountain of, you know, these commercialized wellness products. And I loved them, but I also just started to question the commercialism of it all. And yes. so I just sort of, the more, the more products that I got, the more disillusioned I became with the industry at large. And that's when I decided that I would set out on this trip to interview people about the ways that they define wellness around the world in a much less commercial way.
0: This really could be a documentary when you think about it. Like the opening scene is this. (laughs) Sell it to HBO, please. Right? I mean, no, I'm also a a screenwriter. So I'm like, I'm imagining the opening of this girl completely overwhelmed. She's miserable. Not to say that you were miserable. She's overwhelmed. She's miserable. She's getting sample after sample. And it means nothing.
1: Yeah. Well, that is actually how I started out the book. The first sentence is me at my desk in Manhattan overwhelmed with products. So you, yeah, have, yeah. you have the brain of a, of a writer. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so let's, let's dive in. Um, tell me about um, you know, the journey of writing this book. I mean, you, you had so many places you had been to, how did you go about deciding to highlight them? So the reason that I chose,
1: so I chose six places total. I went to Jamaica, Norway, Hawaii, India, Japan, and Brazil. And the reason I chose all of those places is that, well, first of all, they, they aren't necessarily the typical wellness destination that, that you think of when you think of these fancy wellness retreats, like Tulum and Bali, those, those sorts of very spa centric places. Right. And Instead, all of these destinations had some cool cultural philosophy that I was just interested in and that I knew a little bit about, mm-hmm. but I wanted to know a lot more.
0: And people's definition of self-care, I mean, it's not necessarily a, a face mask and some lotion, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely not. That—that That is one of the whole points of this book is that I wanted to get into the idea that These products that are sold as self-care, they do help, but they help because they're self-soothing, which means that they help in the moment, but they don't get to the deeper source. And so all of these countries and philosophies that I researched and wrote about, they are more about redefining wellness in a deeper way. And it's more about the way that you think and the way that you live rather than Mm-hmm. what you buy and, and put on your body on a daily basis.
0: Definitely. I like that you can talk about uh, for women that want to travel alone and I've traveled alone and I've thought about doing it again. Um, you know, how to stay safe. That's so important. Definitely. I,
1: I mean, I did this entire trip by myself and I think a big part of how to stay safe when you're traveling alone, first of all, is to, stay in touch with your family members and your friends back at home. Right. That's always really important for me. And technology has made that so, so easy and good. I'm always on WhatsApp when I'm traveling and letting people know where I am. Um, yeah, that that's one of the biggest things to me. And also just having a head about you, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> stay in groups and, yes. but at the same time, don't let safety um, hinder you from experiencing the random conversations and meetings that make travel the most meaningful. Cause that's, that's actually one of my favorite parts of traveling by myself is that I find that I travel a lot with my husband and my friends. And I find that when I'm in these group situations, I'm actually not as, connected to what's going on around me. I'm I'm sort of like, I'll just be talking to my husband at the restaurant and maybe won't engage in conversation with the bartender as much. I mean, maybe, but not as often. Right. So I find that traveling by myself really opens me up to the world. And in fact, I end up often making more friends and getting a better sense of place than I would have had I been with other people.
0: Definitely. Well, you're not you're not held back by yeah. you're with um, and you're more open. Yeah. I mean, you have to be right. Otherwise they you're do. just sitting
1: at the bar alone. Like... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you may as well talk to people, which I'm really excited to get back to doing.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Where are you going? Where are you going next when you can travel? So I'm going to
1: Hawaii and then Greece.
0: Oh my gosh. By yourself? I
1: know. Tough life. Well, both of them are actually on, oh man, people are going to hate me for this. It's media trips. So that's, oh,
0: okay.
1: yeah, it's press <laughs> trips. So <laughs> it's when I go and the, the hotel brings a group of journalists and we're there to write about the hotel. And yeah. I don't so, like you. Yeah. I <laughs> know. That sounds like, do I really want to talk about how I'm doing this?
0: <laughs> oh, boo-hoo, Annie. <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. Um, So tell me, do you have like favorite places of like you talk about the Italian diet is, you know, plant based lifestyle is so good, which that's what I'm all about. But is that one of your things you tend to lean to?
1: So interestingly, I'm actually not vegan, but I do like to dabble. That's the cool thing about all these philosophies is that you don't really necessarily have to devote yourself to one particular way of thinking, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it's a nice little smorgasbord of various, various things to try out here and there. So I do in an ideal world, like I love the philosophy behind being Mm plant-based. And I like the idea that growing your own food and connecting to your food in a deeper way helps also not only to be healthy but also to give you the ability to not support these bigger companies and corporations that yes. that might not be serving you and having your best interest in mind. So like on a philosophical note, yes, I love this whole idea of of plant-based, but I I have yet to fully adopt it. I <laughs> I do like meat a lot. So
0: mm, okay. <laughs> So, um, yeah. you, I have something in my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. What is this lifestyle that's popular in Norway? I can't even pronounce it. F R. Oh yeah,
1: I know. So it's pronounced free, let's live. It's spelled F R I L U F T S L I V. Okay, and that philosophy is actually one of my favorites that I uncovered on my travels. It translates to the fresh air life. Mm -hmm. and basically it gets to the idea that Norwegians will go out of their way to live as much of their lives outside as they can and they love to tell you that there's no bad weather only bad clothing which ultimately means that even if it's cold or it's snowing or it's raining or whatever else like just gear up and get outside because to them simply getting the dose of fresh air is the best way to be well that's that's the wellness. And it's, I really love that idea because I think often in the U S we tend to think of these outdoor people as like hardcore adventurous and you have to be like scaling mountains and, you know, running marathons and just doing all these crazy things. But in Norway, freelance Live is really about just walking outside and maybe walking to do your errands instead of running or having a picnic in the park for dinner instead of always meeting up at an indoor restaurant, which now we'll finally be able to have that choice again. But yes, it's it makes it a lot easier to just spend as much time outside because they think that it's all about searching for that rosy glow that you get in your cheeks. Uh And when you feel fresh and alive and invigorated, that's that's the the surest path
0: to well-being. I mean, you also talk about how, you know, what works for one person doesn't always work for someone else. That's understandable. And you really have to tune into your own body.
1: Definitely. That's also one of the big lessons that I learned in India in particular. Um, When I went to India, I was studying Ayurveda, which is basically the Hindu uh, medical system of healing. And that's one of the big the big philosophies of Ayurveda is that they believe that we're all made up of different elements of the earth. And so Mm -hmm. when you, when you keep in mind the idea that we're all a little bit different, it would make sense that different things work for different people. And it sounds like it's such a basic idea, but then when you think about our culture right now, and we have this very homogenous way of defining wellness and, you know, things that become trendy, it, people tend to feel pressure like, oh, this is the trendy wellness thing. Like, this is the bowl that everybody's eating. This is the yeah. lotion that is going viral on the internet. But like, why? Because just because it works for one person doesn't mean it, it works for everyone. Exactly. So
0: yeah. it's really important to keep that in mind. Yeah. What are a couple more takeaways for people to know about your book?
1: Ooh, so many. One of my favorites actually, it's from Brazil. Okay. So Brazilians are all about the idea that wellness is equal to your community. And what that means is that in the U S we tend to think of wellness as this solitary pursuit, something that we have to do on our own time. And, you know, we eat the right foods and we exercise by ourselves, but in Brazil, they tend to think that you actually can't be well, if your family is not well, it's, The whole thing is a group effort. So, you know, even if your cousin or your uncle is sick, Mm -hmm. then you're not technically well because somebody that you love is sick. And I just love that idea so much. And I think that we can all learn from that, especially after the year we've just had, just to be a little bit more empathetic and, and remind yourself that we are part of a greater whole and we're part of something that is much bigger than ourselves. So I, agree. I love that idea.
0: Yeah, I think we're, we're a very individualistic society. and We need to be more compassionate and empathetic.
1: Definitely. And we also just need to realize that hanging out with people that we love is a wellness practice, mm-hmm. which is really important to remind ourselves as we come out of this and we've gotten so used to like holding up in our apartments and it's yeah. just been so easy to kind of just be like incredibly in our in our own heads this this right. year and so right. to remind ourselves that getting back out there and going to hang out with your friends and family who you haven't seen in so long yes that's really good for you
0: you bet at all ages i was just talking to someone else about what i'm learning about ageism and how we really have to deconstruct ageism and really value older adults and what they have to say, because they have their own life experiences and they're very lonely and isolated in the pandemic.
1: Absolutely. That's especially, that was one of the philosophies that I learned about in Hawaii. So Hawaiians Mm -hmm. really, really, really value their ancestors and their elders and they, they look to them as spiritual guides and, Yes. The keepers of all of the wisdom, because a lot of Hawaiian culture is passed down through oral history. So, when you mm-hmm. think about it, the older that you get, the, the more wisdom you've gathered and the more you have to share. Yes. But that's not always the case in Western culture. We, we tend to write off our elders when, when you think about it. Why do we do that? They're the ones who have the most wisdom to pass along.
0: Exactly. Isn't yeah. that interesting that we do that? And that's taught at a very young age, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you even look at the fact that we
1: tend to put a lot of our parents in homes and not even that that's necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know, what works for one family, whatever that, that works for them. But when you look at other cultures, like they have their parents and their grandparents live with them, right. And raise kids together. And it's just a very, very different way than we do things here. And of course, Adopting that mentality requires like a huge structural shift. So it's pretty hard to do,
0: but it's good to keep in mind that this is
1: something that we can look to for inspiration.
0: I completely agree. I I agree because, you know, the mental health of not only teens and college students, but also older adults has really been affected. And so any way that people can feel less alone is so important. Yeah, exactly. Where can people find out more about you?
1: Well, I am on social media. My handle is Annie M. Daly. and I also have a website, anniedaily.com where I keep all of my stuff. It's my links okay. to my articles and my photos and my bio, sort of everything. Amazing. So yeah, there in social media.
0: I want to mention a book, of course. You're a fourth <laughs> generation journalist.
1: I am. Yeah. My, my great grandfather, he actually started a family newspaper that we still publish to this day. It's Whoa. called, it's called the daily greeting, which is the only daily newspaper published annually. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. It's good. Um, where is it published? Oh, so, no, so most of my family, my dad grew up in Washington, DC. He's one of eight kids. And so the the eight kids there are kind of the main editors. And like of the eight, four of them right now are journalists, including my dad. He and my mom met when they were doing the news at Aww. NBC and DC. So it's sort of, it's just in my blood. You know, I've I've been around it my whole life.
0: Yeah, it's it must've been so exciting to get your first job.
1: Oh my gosh, it was. It was in New York, it was, well, I'm still in New York. um, I was an editorial assistant at Good Housekeeping Magazine, which Mm -hmm. to be honest, I had never even read before I got that job. (laughs) And then I turned out to absolutely love it. I've always loved magazines. And that's actually where I got my start in health and wellness journalism because I was an assistant to one of the big health editors there at
0: that magazine. Mm. and then you just kept going you just kept going to different publications yeah
1: and then I ultimately went freelance in my 30s but I spent all of my 20s at various magazines I worked at Cosmo for a while which was hilarious and everything that you imagine working at Cosmo to be it was oh I bet (laughs) yeah we'll leave that there uh,
0: yeah (laughs) yeah oh my gosh good call Well, this has been amazing. Congratulations on your book. I've really enjoyed this. So Uh, much. With Annie Daly, and her book is Destination Wellness Global Secrets for Better Living Wherever You Are.